I'm Anna Tonk. Welcome to How to Be Human, a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. Hello, welcome back. Episode 77. How is that possible? My goodness. The wonderful, the lovely, the talented Vanessa Hardy is back today to talk about the Q3 astrology. So I hope you enjoy getting some information about the upcoming Venus retrograde and the nodes are changing signs. No idea what that means? Don't worry. Vanessa's about to explain it all. Enjoy. All right, y'all know her. You literally love her. I tell her regularly <laughs> how often she's leading in download stats because y'all love astrology. You go back and listen to the Q1. You listen to the Q3. So Vanessa Hardy is back with us today to give us the astrology of Q3. It makes me feel like such a businesswoman. I appreciate that you started us with the, the quarterly check-ins that you were like, we could do it every quarter. Oh, Q2's coming up. It makes me feel like extra businessy. I should be in a pantsuit today. No, I, yeah, I'm a quarterly queen. I love the quarters. <laughs> I love, I mean, we talked about this last pod, but I love like just any type of segment, like segment me mm. into monthly, quarterly. <laughs> Let's check in in all different I, types of ways. But the quarterly, I just really like too, because it's like, enough time to vibe out on a certain energy and make a change but then it's cool when it's over it's like a little baby yes. like school's out for summer vibe it's so funny to me because i think in those terms as well but this is where you can really see astrology play out whereas you know vanessa is showing her earthiness virgo-ness by calling it a quarter whereas like i'm showing my wateriness where i'm like i go by seasons you know like yeah, it feels exactly. more of a vibe and then like i'm in the season of this and you're like segmented it begins then it ends then you know it just feels very funny to me that I'm like oh I guess I work quarterly as well I, I just think of it as seasonally you know but it is it's just funny to me I do agree and I tell this to clients all the time as well like you know if they're setting intentions or they're really focusing on things that I'm like you really want to give something you know a season or a quarter to like see what's up, you know, to see like, yeah. is this working for you or does it, I mean, obviously if you hate it, don't give it that long, but like we all want, I think really quick results or we want really quick shifts. And I really think if like big things are happening or something, I think it takes longer. It's a little bit more of a slow burn and a quarter lets us see some things, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah. And these these quarters also, they really do like they line up with the seasons perfectly. So that's the thing is like, it really is all the same. And even the most like, cut and dry, you know, non astrological or like non new agey person is working on the same like calendar as the seasons and ultimately like aligning with all of the various like even planetary changes are totally reflected in just the regular old calendar, you know, so it's like, yeah. however you need to, to get into flow, get into the flow. <laughs> This is why like when people are being jerks about witches or something, I'm like, 
we're all witches. Like we're all on the calendar of the seasons, right. you know, right. whether you want it in there or not, you know, like it's happening. You know, it's like literally everybody, as soon as spring comes in New York and people are like, oh, maybe I wasn't depressed. I just needed sunlight. I'm yeah. like, we, we all are still very affected by these things, whether or not you pay attention to it. So what do we have in store for us in Q3? What's coming up? What are we looking at? Uh, right now, I guess it's worth it just in case someone listens to this. Right now, we ha- it's literally the first day, literally the first day of June for you and I. This will come out, I think, the 7th, something like that. No, I'm lying. I think it's the 6th. I think you're correct. No one knows my schedule better than Vanessa, which I appreciate about her. (laughs) She does tie it in. And I'm, I'm like, did you mean record or release, you know, but we've just entered kind of Gemini season. So our, our summer, I guess, is it? No, it's not summer until the solstice, but yeah, but this is where, you know, it's Gemini is like the mutable spring. It's technically the end of spring, but it is like ah. so also, a, I mean, Gemini is very summer vibes. I you agree. Know. It's very chatty summer vibes. So, yeah, you know, flirty, chatty, changing your mind about things you thought <laughs> you were very firm on all winter. It makes so much sense that Gemini is also what really kicks off in New York, the horny season, Oh yeah. which I appreciate. The and the cut breakup did season. A, yes. And the cut did the article about the horny season. And it was something that like we'd all like kind of talked about when I live in Chelsea, like 8th Avenue becomes like, you know, a runway and like people and everyone's a little bit more chatty and all this stuff. Of course, it's Gemini season. Like, and it's kind of funny to think of cancer being what kicks off summer because I think you know like Lana Del Rey I think is a cancer and she she's right summertime sadness I mean it's totally just yeah funny. <laughs> okay so so we've entered Gemini which is end of spring we're you know we're coming into summer what are we looking at what are our big themes when we are laying on the beach and floating in the ocean what should we be thinking about that the cosmos is cooking for us you know me so well because I that's what I do. That's how I integrate the cosmic messages all summer is laying on the beach, <laughs> calling Same. to the calling to the sky. So the big thing is when this drops, late on June 5th, but you know, the first proper day would be June 6th, Venus will enter Leo. And there will be a big Venus retrograde in Leo. Um, Venus will be in Leo all the way until like the 7th or 8th of October, depending on where you're at. Wow. Yeah. So the retrograde will be from July 22nd to September 3rd. But then, you know, you'll have it on either end. So we'll be in this big, there's a big Venusian influence on the summer. We also have the node changing signs. So we'll go from the North Node in Taurus into the North Node in Aries. Um, and those are the two big energies that I think will really be influencing the summer. You know, Pluto's retrograde right now. Um, Pluto will be properly in Capricorn throughout the summer, um, just at the last couple degrees. And what it really feels and seems like is we'll also have a Mercury retrograde that overlaps with the Venus retrograde. And so what this kind of is, especially with that North Node entering Aries, we are kind of shifting from a type of collective consciousness into learning how to integrate our own individual needs or interests 
within that plan, within that consciousness in a way that is going to feel pretty intense. You know, Venus being in a fire sign, the North Node in a fire sign, which is ruled by Mars. So the North Node will be answering to Mars. There is this, um, it's almost like there is going to be kind of like an urgency to kind of be like, well, wait, well, what about me? Mm -hmm. The Aries Libra axis and the nodes being in those signs is really about figuring out actually how to be in relationship, not only in a partnership relationship, but in relationship to other things as being an integrity also to your individual self and your mission. And I see this as something that people could really struggle with. I don't think that's something that comes very easy to us. I think codependency in some form is very, very common. And I've seen a lot of people struggle with it, especially we've had Chiron and Aries too. So we've really been like working out, like how do you be an individual safely within a world that doesn't always uh, just in and of itself doesn't really allow for individual expression, you know, full tilt. But then also, like, there are actual physical limitations, whether it be, you know, my purpose is to do this job, but financial limitations are forcing me to go in this direction. There are all of these stories about why we can't be ourself in relation to Mm. others around us. And that's a very, like, that. that's a wound that when it gets salted can become really staticky. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that my first house is Aries. I'm an Aries rising. So that axis you're talking about, I I have natally, you know, yeah. of that. And I remember many moons ago when there was a, I think maybe there was an eclipse or just a, a, maybe a full moon. And it was, and that's really when I dialed into some of that tension between I versus we. And before we get into that, though, let's talk a little bit about Venus, this Venus retrograde. Call me crazy, but has Venus gone retrograde in the summer, like every other year for several years? Like, has it been, I just, I feel like I've had a few summers of Venus retrograde. uh, am Am I making that up? We had a Venus retrograde in Gemini in the summer of 2020. Um, uh. The last Venus retrograde in Leo was 2015. So that's also, that will be a similar vibe as we had this summer. So if you had anything come up in 2015 that in any way relates to, if you know your chart in your Leo house, if you don't know the chart, just Venus and Leo is a very like expressive, um, di- you know, just. Dis- fiercely loyal but also you know wants to give hard and get hard (laughs) i didn't mean to say it like that but also (laughs) sure Uh, (laughs) yeah Uh, it's funny because it was like it was a particularly i think you know not wild summer for me but kind of and i'm thinking about it i'm like oh that's my fifth house like that makes sense you know like pursuits of pleasure and it was it was a little bit about exploring some of that you know and it was definitely some chaotic dating so let's buckle up for me and see what happens there maybe i'll make some really weird art as well like who knows Um, i love that i love that take on it so What Okay, can you tell, I don't think we've done this. So can you tell us what a retrograde is? Because I don't think it means that all of a sudden Venus literally is going to be spinning backwards or anything. Can you tell us what a retrograde is? And can you tell us what a Venus retrograde baseline, regardless of the sign, sort of what we're dealing with 
in these time in these times these these Venus retrograde times. Yeah, totally. So a retrograde period is when a planet does not go backwards but slows down so much in its orbit that it appears to be going backwards. Okay. So it is still moving as it is, but it's moving differently than it would normally. On the astrological level, this obviously just changes the expression of that energy slightly. A Mercury retrograde or a Mars retrograde, you you know, it makes sense that this would not be mostly this would not be pleasant because Mars <laughs> is a planet that wants to go forward. Mercury wants to at least get its message across. So not being able mm-hmm. to do so can cause a lot of frustration. Also thinking like Mercury is mental frustration. Mars is like more physical frustration um, and even pain. So these two planets, which we hear about going retrograde, that can kind of be more overtly challenging for people. They also can bring gifts, and I'm I'm a Mercury retrograde fan, but that's basically the deal, is that these planets are not moving in the way that they would like to, thusly causing some discord. Yeah, it's not doom. I, I just want to be very clear, because I think, I don't know, popular media loves a retrograde doom story, and... They're, they're not. I mean, sometimes it's like things could be like, I, I guess it can be a little bit of a bummer sometimes. Like if you were hoping to really cultivate new business and there, it's a Mars retrograde, like, yeah, you might see some slowdown or things maybe don't aren't like going the way that you want. But I do think there's this r- real mentality when we see retrogrades discussed to be like doom, like nothing's going to happen or it's you know I don't know or like everything will be bad or whatever and it's just not the case now Mercury retrograde I know is roughly 21 days Mars I know also has a long retrograde of like six months or something am I making that up not well a retrograde can vary in period Mars is a planet that travel travels more slowly in its orbit so it can take up more space but that's not it's not necessarily Mercury retrograde. Yeah, is about it's about a three week period. Typically, Mars, I don't know the exact chunk of time, but it, it would be larger, but not six months. So we just okay. had a Mars retrograde in Gemini. I, th- oh, I want to yeah. say it was from it was in I think the thing that can get confusing with people is that the sign that a planet is retrograding through the planet is in that sign the whole time. So Mars was in Gemini for about six months, but the retrograde period was within that. And then, you know, we have the shadow periods and things like that. That might be what confused me. So how long is this Venus retrograde? So the retrograde period will be from July 22nd to September 3rd. So that's like about five weeks, I want to say. Um, But then the full period of time is almost for exact calendar months. So from June 6th to October 7th or so. I say 7th or so because it depends on the time that it really exits that shadow. So yeah, or rather exits Leo at the end end of that time. It's funny, I was visiting and reading at uh, Bacara Wintner Old Store Everyday Magic, 
and was with a bunch of girlfriends and we randomly like wanted to get tattoos and then we were like oh it's venus retrograde like we like should we do this and then it was like a comedy of errors that we could not find a place open we couldn't find a place that would take all of us like we couldn't and i was like this is not supposed to happen you know so with venus retrograde are there things that we should avoid and are there things that we can mine it for yeah, so exactly. Anything that has to do with any type of beautification or body modification type stuff, I would not do during a Venus retrograde. Like, absolutely not. Anything, my suggestion, what will happen during this period of time or what can happen for some people, and the thing is, is I wanted to say before, a retrograde, not only is it, you know, neither good nor bad per se, it's also very nuanced, pretty uncontrollable, and all you can really do is be aware that it's occurring and then filter your life and your experiences through what what new things might be coming up. So to Love just that. use the whole tattoo thing as a metaphor, it's like, I was randomly here and then I randomly wanted a tattoo and then this happened, you know, it's kind of like, there's no variable in there that was like, Anna, no matter what, like Anna wasn't like, I've been thinking about getting a tattoo forever. Or like I was with my very best bestie who always gives me the right idea or the best advice. Yeah. You just kind of were like, I was winging it on top of winging it on top <laughs> of winging it. And then yeah. it's kind of like, okay, so, but then to, to that end, it's also like, okay, so a Venus retrograde very famously, no matter what area of your chart it's going through could potentially bring back old loves or get you into like a dating situation where things are feeling a little chaotic, which I have said in the past, you know, somewhat joking, but also like, you know, we're, we're adults and we are in control of our own life. Like if you go into it knowing it, I personally like love a little summer drama. So I'm like, listen, as long as you're <laughs> safe, you're communicating, things are consensual. Maybe yeah. you hang out with some person you normally wouldn't. Okay. That was like August. Like that's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> I am so on board with that. I agree. And I also feel like for myself, I'm doing this about face where I'm like, what the fuck do I know? You know, yeah. like, if, why not? Like, if, if you can come back to yourself and be like, I'm looking for fun or what, you know, like, why not? You know, like, we all have these ideas of things on paper. And I do think retrogrades are good times to like revisit that and go like, is that true? Like, does, is that what you're still in search of or not? Or what, you know, like, uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Cause Vanessa like lives her life in, you're not like a nerd, but like, she's the person who's like, all right, well I gotta go meditate and then go to bed. And it's like eight, you know? So if she's giving us permission to like go fuck around and find out this summer, I think we should heat it is really what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, thank you. You know, honestly, both of those things are a compliment. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. It. I am the nerd who you should listen to if it's I true. say fuck around and find it's out. True, That's like, you, I'm putting that on LinkedIn. Yeah, you're the nerd, like, you're the human nerd of like, you get it, you're not judgmental, you're like, hell yeah, but you're also like, um, let me know about it tomorrow, because I'll be <laughs> meditating and preparing for bed. I'll be preparing so for bed the whole 24 hours before you go on your date. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for seeing me. Yeah. <laughs> My my Leo rising and my Leo placements are are loving that. Um, <laughs> just to be known. Um, yeah. Oh, you said something that I thought was like so smart and good. And now 
we we you derailed you disarmed me the one way people can, which is by complimenting me. And now I can't remember. <laughs> oh yes, I I know now. Well, one thing that you were kind of like touching on that I think is important to keep in mind for the Venus retrograde, but also coming off this North Node and Taurus that you and I were talking about, like before we logged on. The Venus experience really does come from within first, and it is about Mm. checking in. It's about resourcing yourself. It's by loving on yourself. It's by cultivating, like, real, consistent, sustaining self-esteem. And then within that secure foundation, this is where we're able to experiment and ask ourselves, like, what do I know or is this outdated? And sometimes we cling to things that we think are safe or smart or whatever that are actually dishonest and creating somehow like disharmonious experiences that ultimately might even be causing harm that we don't see or know directly. And that's something that I think with both this Venus stuff, which will just, you know, a Venus retrograde period can be a time that inflames insecurities, but it is so often insecurities that are based on an outdated relationship with external validation. And so something like, (laughs) something like even, you know, to go, but I think your tattoo story was like pretty good. And then, or even like the haircut thing, it's like, if you were going along fine thinking you didn't need a tattoo or you didn't need bangs and then Venus goes retrograde and you start feeling weird about yourself. And then the next thing you know, you're at the tattoo parlor that is coming from an unhealed, like a little bit of an insecure place. And you might regret this when you come back to your embodied relationship to Venus that exists in you. So you're saying we got to red flag ourselves. <laughs> we got to yes. go red flag. There is this interesting relationship between the external validation or the seeking the external. But if you come back, you know, it's so hard for us to come back to ourselves and it's so hard for us to stay with ourselves. But my God, how often is that just the answer? That like, if you can just figure out in some way how to do it, you will feel so much better and you maybe won't get a tattoo you regret. You know, if you just sort of come in, I also every Venus retrograde want to bleach my hair platinum without fail. It'll all of a sudden I'll be like, what if I went platinum and it's always Venus retrograde, like without fail. Okay, that's really interesting because if it's a recurring theme and maybe this will this will help other people who are kind of already starting to tap into what their sort of Venus and Leo story is over the years. But if there's something that consistently comes up for you, I would try to notice and, you you know, I, I never want to be the type of person who forces people to see meaning in every single mundane thing. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, you need to journal about your hair color for a week straight and get the answer because <laughs> maybe it's just a thing. I mean, this is why I bring up bangs all the time because they, I, it's like every other year I have bangs. So <laughs> I relate. But it could be interesting whether it is a hair color or a job. I famously when I was in my 20s, would like get myself out of waiting tables and then I would have some sort of imposter syndrome type of situation come up and go back. And I had to get to the point where I had to really name it like, you don't want to do this anymore and you can figure it out rather than being like, I have to go back. So anything from something that's more, you know, Venusian and, and subtle, like the hair color thing to like whether you are tempted to go back to a romantic relationship this summer or whatever it is, 
try and add this like new layer of awareness of like, why does this theme come up? Like, what is attached to this? Am I trying to, do I not feel worthy of things if I don't look a certain way? Is there a certain beauty ideal? Do I have, you know, there's all of these things that you can be exploring around that. And I think that that, you know, astrology is all about noticing patterns. And on one hand, I love to be practical. And then on the other hand, I mean, you know, like I have like the weirdest altars and the most ridiculous habits because I'm just like, no, no, I saw an orange today. So I yeah, can't answer that email until tomorrow. It's, <laughs> it's a little like, bit true. She'll be like, <laughs> she's like, I'm going, like, I'm going to this meditation and then a prayer thing and then I'll respond back to you or something. I'm like, okay. You know, be like, and then you'll explain it. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I, I mean, I think that's what, it gives I mean that the life is a rich tapestry and I think that that is what you're weaving into your own but it is true like if you look at these things are you like it's like a tricky balance because I think when people give everything meaning then things become meaningless you know yes. but when you are noticing like this is it's I'm trying to stay focused and stay with you but I'm thinking I'm like what does the platinum sin signify to me <laughs> And I think for me, it's change. It's like that would be a huge change, you know, and it would also be attention and that people would like be like, holy shit, you, I have very dark hair na naturally for those of you who don't know that it would literally be on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of like light and dark that I'm like, oh, interesting. Like, I wonder, like what does that tap into for me emotionally? Like, what does that mean, you know, like that I'm seeking or whatever? Do I want a big change and do I want to be seen? It would make sense. It's again, my fifth house and it's my, uh, Leo is my North node, but, um, ah, that I'm like, yeah. I'm like, right. interesting that that to me is where astrology is like so helpful versus, you know, being like, well, if I've thought about it three times, it means I have to do it. It's like, yes. I think it can be helpful to investigate on like a couple different layers in the way that you're describing. It's like, notice it and, th and then feel into it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and specifically with Venus, that is very much how to work with it because Venus is a planet and an energy that really is meant to be more receptive and receiving oriented and, and actually does kind of well to move slow. Mm. So a lot of times in a Venus retrograde like this, I'm thinking about what was going on for me in 2015. I started out going in the wrong direction. And then on the back end, through tapping into astrology and becoming more receptive, I ended up having like a big, I basically went from, again, I, I had been waiting tables and then shifted, doubled back down and got my job with Ann Ortley. It was just one day I was meditating. On, it was actually the Venus star point during oh. a Venus retrograde that was conjunct my own Venus. So it was a, I knew it was a big moment for me. And I had this weird ping and I was like, I'm just going to email Ann Ortley. I love her. And very, I mean, this is like totally serendipitous. I even, she told me when I went to the interview, she's like, I don't usually even respond. It's usually my assistant, but it came in at the right time. It's one of those right moment, right times where I was just connected to the energy. And I was like, what are the options? And I got that job. And then a week later, I booked a commercial and I wasn't acting very much at the time, but someone, an old casting director reached out and was like, are you still acting? And it was a commercial where they had wanted people who had studied at community colleges, which I did my first two years at a community college 
college, and I, I would always talk about it once I came to the city. I was like, my experience was so amazing. So they just remembered me, you know, blabbing in my early twenties, so blabbing about how much I loved my community college in Connecticut, and just randomly into my lap. And this opportunity that was very aligned with like me, my story, and my chart. But that came from trying something that wasn't working. And then slowing down and being kind of willing to like sit in discomfort. It was a very difficult summer until that August. The retrograde was almost the exact same dates as they're kind of occurring similar degrees, the whole thing. Mm. And so we really are experiencing this replay of that 2015 kind of energy of like, think about the challenges that were coming up for you then, but then also try and think about like wins or revelations because there will be some recurring theme in the same area of your chart, but now you are how much older? Eight years older? Um, all of us. Rough. <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, whatever at this yeah. point, truly, you know? So yeah, it's that, you know, slowing down and kind of seeing like what, Letting ourselves, and also if you even think about it, right, like when we talk about pleasure, sensuality, sexuality, we know that relaxation and low stress levels really ensure a safe and satisfying experience, intimate experience too. There is like science, physiology, and neuroscience kind of happening there. I always think when I talk to my acupuncturists and they're like, well, if you're stressed out, you're not going to have sex drive because you're running from a tiger. You know, the classic thing of like, we are biologically, like we're not going to be creative or in touch with our senses if our bodies are in fight or flight. So Venus retrograde really does give us a little respite from also where are you forcing your Venus agenda to be to be mm. going along with like the currents and the momentum of the the external world versus like going against your own internal flow. And this is kind of it is a course correction. And so for some people, it'll be harder for some people than others. If you still get a lot of like validation from, you know, being in alignment with the world around you based in things like whether it's success or your love. I mean, I think this will could definitely be a tender summer for people who are comparing themselves to people getting married or like if you're kind of struggling with that stuff, Mm. that's definitely like a pain point that could come up because it's coming up for you to look at yourself and be like, okay, well, if I'm getting sad that I see this wedding thing on Instagram. Does it mean I should be looking for a partner or does it mean I have to double down and really love myself for wanting to be single or whatever things, Mm. things that are kind of like that. So it's a little bit more like subtle and nuanced, but because it's about our desire and our own perception and self-esteem of like ourselves and our value, it, it can be tender, but it's also a time that can be fruitful because that slowing down really does suit Venus. Interesting. I think people are kind of quick to dismiss Venusian themes. Yeah, I agree. Thinking about even cancer season, right? The cancer Capricorn axis. That also is, you think about cancer being this nurturing water intuition. It's our foundation. It's the womb. And then, you know, Capricorn is our responsibility. But if we, if, if our cancerian needs are, you know, if we are dehydrated, not just literally, but figuratively of the Cancerian, of those Cancerian waters, we show up as not as a good Capricorn energy. Do you know what I'm saying? It is our responsibility 
this is where not only, you know, just Capricorn energy in general, but also what it stands for can be, um, you know, misinterpreted or maligned. It's not the Capricorn energy. It's the lack of resourcing under it. Because if you you think about any think about any manager that you've had that you just know like they're being so awful, but you know it's really not about you. You know they just hate their job, or you know that yeah. they are burned out. You know that they're unhappy at home, so they are like throwing themselves into working doubles five days in a row, six days in a row, mm-hmm. and then they come in and they like pick on you when you're like 25 and just hostessing. Not that that happened or anything, but <laughs> not that <laughs> but, this is you a know. true life story, but like just saying. <laughs> But it is, you know, it is, I think that's like a very ubiquitous kind of like vibe, right? Like think about so often, even just thinking like archetypally, like, you know, it's all over the movies and TV, you know, this guy, the, 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 the the sad, the sad, like boss or, or like overworked person is not for whatever reason, really is just like not allowing themselves to connect to what they need to not allowing themselves to rest. And then in that they're not doing a good job. Showing up is not doing a good job being being ethical and really being of service is doing a good job. Capitalism got it all messed up when you know, with all of these like, these things that are projected on us that just working hard in and of itself is virtuous. I talk I have a lot of clients who struggle with this because they when they want to make changes in their lives, they're obviously suppressing their real desire, but they think they're doing the right thing, whether it's like by their family or or the job that they're in, even they're, though they're miserable. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, are are you – you sound like you're also having some issues there though, and it sounds like you're having internal conflict. It sounds like you're cashed out at work. It sounds like you're like calling in – calling out sick or whatever it is it's like so even though you are theoretically doing what's good based on ultimately like these outdated standards of what quote-unquote good is but you're actually not showing up as your best self so you are taking away even if it's from a place and this is something i think that happens a lot you know with the aries and libra nodes and with the theme of codependency coming up you think so much about people who especially when it comes to either family or personal relationships it's like you're showing up for people and you you think you are supporting them but it's also because you want them to love you you want to feel like you're a yeah. good partner you you want to know that you're going to be protected because what ha- what if something happens to you those are all even if they are understandable and they're things that they all come up for us those are all things that we're meant to face really on our own so that we can truly show up authentically and you know i think that coming from a place of resourced nourishment is the way that that begins. And Venus is, you know, it rules the second house. And one thing, you know, in addition to this is money, this is your, this ultimately could be like your skill sets that add value. This is your self-esteem. But what I love to think about the second house as too, is that it does represent food, but it's not just actual food that we eat. It's just it's food, it's energy, it's we need to be feeding. Are you feeding yourself? Is your second house fed? Because if your second house isn't fed, you really just you're you're working on an empty stomach, you're hangry, whether it's literally or metaphorically, you're you're not going to be your best self. That's very interesting. I've never heard that about the second house, but it makes a lot of sense. Before we talk about the nodes, because I know you know nodes. 
if somebody wanted to work with the wants to work with Venus, uh, you and I are someone who 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 that's normal. Like we've literally texted about the ways we work with Venus. It's very normal to us. Do you have any recommendations for anybody who wants to who maybe like this is new to them? They they're like, ooh, I want to really like tap into this retrograde and kind of notice this. Do you? have any thoughts on how they could connect to that energy or how they, when people say work with Venus, do you have any, any thoughts on how someone could do that with this retrograde? I mean, beside the information you've given, I, th- I mean, like I will probably create an altar, for example, I might infuse a little bit more of my beauty rituals with some, you know, intention or meaning or things like that. But I'm curious, do you have any thoughts of how yeah. like a newbie, a beginner, how, what would you tell a client? Yeah, totally. This is so with Venus specifically, something that I really encourage people to do. And this is something that's good for newbies, but also it really transcends. And it's something I'm trying to I've been wanting to encourage people to do in general. Detach from control and find out you can find out your Venus placement, find out the Leo house in your chart that in and of itself if you're if you're a newbie at astrology and you're working with your chart, really, really great. But I'm trying to put a lot of emphasis on almost coming away from the exact transits, from the information, from anything that puts you too much into the conscious mind in terms mm. of plotting and, and mapping and on any of this and getting into the body through things like meditation, visualization, spending time in the water this summer, making sure that you're hydrated and eating the right foods. With Venus in Leo, it is expressive. So I would be engaging with art and beauty as much as you can. And that's very personal to you and almost make a list of your favorite things and be proactive about it. Think about, you know, if you say, say you are listening to this podcast and you're kind of starting to tune into, okay, like this all sounds great, but Venus retro, like I've been already feeling a little lonely. Maybe I'm kind of feeling a little off. Maybe I'm not in my body. I had a hard winter or whatever. So the first thing you want to do is make a list of like five things that you could get really excited about going to do a uh, movie, music, going to the beach, a meal you'd like to cook, looking for a recipe. I think that Venus is meant to be fed and cultivated and um, connected to kind of independently from any from instinct, right? Because it's all about love. Mm-hmm. It's all about the heart. It, In some ways, it also, you know, think about you could even be thinking about like, you know, it's not it doesn't actually it's not associated with inner child, but you could be thinking about things you used to love as a child, kind of like reawakening that playfulness. We do, you know, Leo is the sign of inner child, the fifth house is inner child and and our, our like fun hobbies that we carry over into adulthood. Um, So Leo is the sign of play. So keeping in mind things like that, but it's really about working with our nervous system, keeping ourselves calm, heart open, nourished, and yeah, focusing really on self-love. And that I also think like Friday is Venus Day and I almost every Friday I do something for Venus Day, whether it's I go to a museum I or I'll do something a little more literal for myself that's maybe like beauty oriented or I get a good meal with friends on Friday night, but that's the one day I try, you know, I have my work schedule set up so that I work on Saturday instead of Friday. And Friday really is Venus's day in this house. And that's even something you could do throughout the summer is simply say, 
everything, you know, I don't know what the heck this all means, but every Friday I'm going to make an intention either by myself or with someone who makes me feel really good. We're going to celebrate Venus. I love that. You know what? I'm going to try to do that. I know Vanessa already does it. I used to do that on Fridays. I've gotten out of the habit and I don't want to make it a challenge because that's not what it is. But if you start doing Venus, you know, start doing Venus days. Yeah. Venus day Friday. Yeah. Venus day Friday. Like tell us in some way. (laughs) Yeah. I I really do want to know. Please do. You know, the pod or you tag Vanessa or whatever. Let's see if we can do it this summer. We do, we do Venus days, um, Venus day Fridays. Cause it is lovely. Like, even if I just wish my girlfriends or, you know, like I say, you know, like happy Venus day or whatever. Like it's funny. I used to be more in the habit of it. And I have to say like my thing that I like about working with Venus in general is I do find it makes me a better person. Like without even doing anything, Mm, it just makes me a more loving person. It just does. Like just thinking of the energy of it or being a little bit more permissive of like, I used to go buy myself flowers every Venus day. I'd be like, well, it's Venus day. Like, you know, I I must, you know, bring beauty into the home. And then like, it just made me a better person. It did. It just made me nicer. Like it made me more loving. So yeah. Okay. I'm going to go back to that on Friday. I hope that you will join us all. And um, men, you're more than welcome. Venus is not just for the ladies. We all have Venus in our charts and our non-binary friends definitely know that and the fluidity of energy. You know, dudes, you can join too. Okay, before we talk about these nodes and them changing signs and things, can you tell us what the nodes are? Because I have found they've really enriched my astrology knowledge and practice, but um, I don't think they get talked about a lot. And when I mention them just casually to friends and things, they don't seem to, to know what they are. And I certainly don't really know how to explain it. So can you tell us what the nodes are? Yes. So the nodes are very important to me in my practice. And they they dictate the signs of the eclipses and what they are like astronomically is they are these two points where the moon's orbit intersects with the ecliptic which is the sun's like yearly path on the broader galaxy the the celestial sort of sphere gotcha. and astrologically speaking these they represent where like the soul and action can come together. They collectively for us, they tend to create like a collective theme of what's going on in the consciousness of everyone. And it is also, you know, in astrology, there are a couple different ways that people work with the nodes. There, my relationship to the nodes is this is a point where like, you know, that I don't know who said this quote, so don't kill me for saying this, mm-hmm. but It's like, reach for a star, you're going to end up on a cloud, or reach for the moon, you're going to end up in the stars, something kind of like that, right? Uh, Reach for the moon and you'll you'll land in the stars. Yeah. So you're reaching towards the North Node. It's a place where you should be trying to grow. For some people, you might be like urgently always wanting to move towards this space, but it's always good to try and meet the energy of the North Node. And then the South Node is an energy that you have kind of, whether in some practices or traditions, it's an energy that is like mastered and perfected over many lifetimes. It is, it's something that you kind of, it's a tool you already have in the toolkit that's well-developed. And it's also a space where if you're not taking the risk 
of reaching towards the North Node, you might get a little stuck. So the South Node, when we're talking about collective astrology or eclipses, the South Node is usually what we are kind of trying to move from, to release, to examine how we relate to that energy in a way that is limiting. What do we need to let go from that archetype so that the positive aspects of the archetype can thrive? But we're Mm. always kind of wanting to um, reach towards and work with that that north node as kind of a north star. And so when they pass through different signs on the more collective level, they often will bring up like the overall sort of theme and vibe of a lot of things that we'll see, you know, socially, culturally, things like that. And then our response to those things will also have to do with our node, our relationship to the transiting nodes and our own charts. Got it. Okay. As a resource to everyone, Alice Sparkly Cat has an incredible thing on her website about the nodes. You can look up every, like my North node is in Leo. My South node is in Aquarius. Like they've got every pairing up on their site. And I have, I found my, my own super, I just found it super informative and just interesting. So I offer that up to anyone. If you want to know more about your, your personal Alice Barkley Cat's website, they've written great articles about all kinds of just kind of like, I don't want to say niche, but like they've really done the work of like every rising sign, every nodal like head up pair, like, you know, it's like. Yeah, they have an amazing site with a lot of good info. And also they really shine at zooming out of or deconstructing or just looking, describing the the signs, transits and all of the things in a, just a different way and in a way that I think is like really integrated and, and refreshing. And yeah, I think you know, there's I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of very literal and there's a lot of astrology out there that's just very like, this is this and this means that. Yeah. And you know, Alice Sparkly Cat is both super, uh, just like incredibly like intelligent and thinks in, in like a wider scope of things too, is very like their book is incredible and is so much about like historical and mythological approaches to the work, but it also, they also are able to write things that any level of astrologer can, and non-astrologer, but just astrology enthusiasts can connect to and get value out of. Um, If you like Vanessa, you will like Alice Sparkly Cat if they're not familiar to you. I know I always tell you that, Vanessa, but I just want to tell listeners that if you vibe with Vanessa, you will vibe with Alice Sparkly Cat, who is just doing, to me, it's less of the, you know, like I do think astrology can kind of get this um, rep or can be a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to say narcissistic because I'm also just over the word, but like self-absorbed or like, I don't know. It's like there, there is this reputation in this thing that can happen where I think people want to just sort of like say things about themselves and they chalk it up to astrology or like things may, they maybe want to be, they'll be, you know, chalk it up to astrology. And I think both of y'all are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all cool. But that's like step one. And like, what about this larger things and how it fits into, you know, a larger context and all these things. Um, the, the two of you uh, really remind me, like, do that kind of uh, approach, which to me 
ends up being much more interesting and enriching. And guess what, y'all? All roads lead back to the self. So don't worry. Even if it's not obviously about you, you will bring it back to you. Like we will all win no matter what. So like, you know, you can, I don't know, take in some of the the intellectuals as well uh, and, and be fed I, I mean, I love that. First of all, that's a, neat, a huge, huge compliment. I have admired their work for so long. And so thank you for that officially. But, <laughs> but you know, I think this is actually kind of relevant to the current North Node as well as like, you know, why I think nodes are important in general. But it's like, you know, there is there's a difference between self-help and mysticism and philosophy. But I don't think either are really useful unless they're kind of combined or maybe like self mm. self work or gr- some people call it growth work or whatever, you know, doing only the self help with a practice or a tradition that is so rooted in like collective connection, mythology, history, um, and is so ancient, you might be missing the point that even helps you really heal. I know that that is the case for me is that, you know, I've been studying astrology forever and have some astrologers. It was always around me, but I wasn't so interested in astrology for self-help as it was presented to me like when I was younger. And I remember getting Mm -hmm. my first reading and I was in a very, I was just really struggling and starting to heal and uncover certain traumas and things that I was maybe in denial of, but definitely just struggling in that way that you do before you know why. And it wasn't until I started looking at mysticism, mundane astrology, and how astrology and mysticism were a part of everyday life of the world and of like social and political issues that I started to actually see myself in it and understand it and be able to then use it for myself as self-help. But in that in that particular reading, it was, you know, and of course, this is it's also it's not really any astrologer's job to like completely psychoanalyze you in a reading either. Yeah. But I was in such a dark place and they were so like, wow, everything's fine vibe. And I just I and it was just too positive at the time that I was like, I 100% know you know what you're talking about. And I understand that this is quote unquote real. It didn't make me doubt or devalue the practice. But I was like, there has to be another way of engaging with this material that is inherently trauma-informed and also would be more relevant to me and the way that I want to kind of connect to my own mystical and spiritual, like, intuition that exists, you know, outside of the practice or prior to it. You know, what was leading me to being open was intuition. And I was like, okay, so if I'm feeling, like, really strongly called to this work, but the way you're saying it doesn't make me feel really good based on how I'm feeling right now. So, like, you know, where's the answer? And then So with someone like Alice Sparkly Cat, and there, you know, there are so many great astrologers who kind of work to combine the both. And, and that's, you know, what I do, like, especially with my writing and my substack is I do want to write about the collective. And this is what the North Nodes also show us is like, these collective themes, who are you within the collective themes? Because, you know, the Leo rising or the in a situation where there is struggle and you're not able to really be yourself is not the same as like the Leo rising that was, um, you know, whether it was like born into a situation that was really easy to handle or is in an environment where they can perform or be seen more, whatever it is. Um, these things kind of impact us. And if you want to make sense of them, 
with astrology, looking at the nodes, looking at bigger, the outer planet transits, the bigger transits and things like that can help you make sense of even my understanding of Venus really comes from kind of looking at things from this more zoomed out lens. Yeah. I mean, it's helpful because Catherine said in the perfectionism episode, I think it could have been joy, but I think it was perfectionism. You know, that one of the biggest things we can do for our mental health is give ourselves context. And yeah, exactly. And I really think for anything to understand it, you know, you need both context and you need nuance. So if you're, like you said, if you're zooming out and you're looking at like, this is what is kind of the energetic temperature that we're all sort of in, you know, like, I think it is helpful. I think it gives you a deeper understanding and more to work with, you know, that you can apply whether it is to other people or what you're dealing with, like at work, or just yourself. Like, I think I do think this being able to go between kind of the macro and the micro is really important. So these nodes, man, they be changing that this is coming <laughs> up. Do. So we've been in Taurus and Scorpio? Is that? Yeah. So we've had the North Node in Taurus, South Node in Scorpio, um, which really brought to the forefront into the conversation a lot about, you know, when we're working with the nodes, we are working with both energies, but ultimately it's the the ruler of the North Node that really tends to um, impact what's coming up. But Taurus and Scorpio have to do with like withholding of resources our earthly intentions versus our like deeper existential knowingness, paranoias, understandings. Um, it is, you know, what we, what we kind of have in community, what we share, what we, what we work towards, what we are receiving from in Taurus, and then what we kind of are, are keeping separately for, for just like the inner family or whatever it is. It's this axis. It's the second eighth house axis, it has to do uh, very much with the exchange of money and power. Because Venus rules Taurus, this had to do with, um, you know, a lot of the like gender stuff that came up, a lot of women's health stuff. I attribute a lot of the like anti-LGBT legislation more to Chiron and Aries because this is like and mm-hmm. we're addressing wounding of our true identity. Um, and so, but combined also with the Taurus Scorpio nodes, there is, you know, obviously we have seen basically across whether it is the earth or human bodies, resources are are being like sequestered. Resources are there and the sequestering is being discussed and the power is being doubled down on. And it had a lot to do because these are fixed energies. We went from the nodes being in these mutable signs of Gemini and Sag, which was about like talking about the thing. So Mm. a lot of 2020 and 2020, basically like 2020 and 2021 were about discussing what we were seeing, right? So you saw like with the North Node and Gemini, you saw all this, such obviously because of the pandemic, but there was so much 
on Instagram. This was the birth of the infographic. Very Gemini. <laughs> many, many pods, including this one, thankfully. But many <laughs> podcasts were born. And it also just was a lot of, like, people going back and forth, kind of popping off the handle. Even cancel culture, I think, could be attributed with that the North Node and the North and South Nodes and the mutable signs of, like, converse, not only uh, conversation and communication, but also beliefs. Versus And Sag, mm. the South Node, really was about, like, the old beliefs, the things that we know to be true, quote unquote. And then Gemini was really about being like, you sure about that? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, and for better or for worse, right? And yeah. And then we moved into Taurus Scorpio, which was like, okay, so you were talking all that good stuff about whether it's, you know, and it goes both ways. Like you're talking all that good stuff about equality and dismantling. Are you showing up? Are you still contributing to your community? Or were you just like talking because it was easy on Instagram and now you are still like back in your life kind of not really doing anything for whether it is social justice or economic fairness. I think that there is a lot of that was tested for people. Um, yeah. And then we also we also saw that like a lot of promises that were made, you know, whether it's by government or just kind of a lot of a lot of things that people were saying they were going to do to make the world a better place kind of didn't go down. And instead, there was like a doubling down of oppression yeah. um, in a lot of ways, you know. So that's the thing is like the nodes are a place that can help us evolve. And this is basically like the whole thing is whenever the nodes change, I get really excited because I'm like, this is an opportunity for us to evolve. Like this is an opportunity. And then I do tend to always find myself being like, "Eh, we didn't really nail it. Like you got so close, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, let's, we have to figure out ways to like show up. And so the Aries North node this will be like this is a, a north node that really is going to be like encouraging people to be really honest, to be fighting for what they believe in. You know, Aries is ruled by Mars, but it is considered ultimately like positive initiating of of a new thing. You know, Aries was, you know, in mythology, Aries, the story, I can't remember what type of animal or whatever right now, but the story of Aries was the ram saved these two kids from being murdered, right? So by by being like, oh no, whoever's wife <laughs> yeah. is going off the rails. But anyway, the jealous wife wanted the two kids to be murdered. The Aries Ram came in and saved the day. And so, you know, having having that like willingness to fight in that moment was, you know, it was positive. But of course, Aries in and of itself, we could also everybody's just going to be fighting for what they believe in. So if you believe something that is toxic or negative, if we're if we're talking about, you know, things like political arguments, things that are going on right now in the media, there's we will all everybody's experiencing these things. So it's your values that are behind that that really drive the energy moving forward. So mm. this will really be about like learning boundaries, learning to like communicate how and what you really feel and standing up for people who deserve to have that same right. I mean, a big thing is like, we need to really create worlds where everyone is free to be who they are. And that is not the world we live in right now, you know? And so much of it is going to be about action. The axis of Aries Mm. and Libra and the way that it'll play out collectively is like, it's time to put your money where your actions are. Like, not just your money where your mouth is, but, like, or put your actions where the money is or however you want to frame <laughs> it. You got to – don't talk about it, be about it is what it's really about. 
And one of the things with the South Node going through Libra, it really is going to be about us taking the essence of Libra that is really about like a true and genuine desire for fairness, for harmony, for for peace, but yeah. letting go also of ways of kind of like communicating that might be not, I don't want to say less than truthful per se, but there was a couple of Libra seasons ago I kind of wrote about um, – there was that great piece that came out, um, I think it was in Bustle, about the therapy speak ruining relationships. So that's yeah. very relevant to this axis of like, okay, listen, if you are, especially if you are a person of privilege who like says you care about all these things, but you're not really very active and you're and you're guiding people with whether it's your language or the way you engage in community in this way that's actually kind of manipulative or um you know in subtly or passively even like coercive or if you are just allowing yourself to not um not engage through saying it's boundaries or whatever it is mm. that that is going to it is very relevant and important for people to explore their relationship to things like trauma bonding or having a savior complex or all of these things. But it's also really important to be clear about like when you are to be clear about when you are deciding not to do something like you have to really push yourself. We all have to push ourselves to engage in what we believe in or we have to have like or they or whoever these people are who I'm talking about. People have to also um, have the courage to just say, you know what? I think that sucks but I don't care enough. And like, be about that. I don't yeah. want that. To, I don't, I hope no one chooses the plan B that I just offered, but it's like, stop acting like you want progress when you are in every way complicit. Don't, yeah. you can't do, and that's going to be a thing that really comes up. I, I'm for it because you know what? I've been hearing a little bit of murmurs of people saying a little bit of this bullshit of I'm, fiscally conservative yeah. I'm socially liberal and I've started calling that people soft launching their Republican like just <laughs> yeah, be about it you know right. you're essentially telling me you're Republican in, in American speak you because I do know that I, I mean somehow I don't know how the fuck I have all these international listeners but I do but in American speak that would be you essentially saying that you align with the right because I think in American speak, like that is code for, I want the social currency of liberalism. That's more where I align socially, but when it comes, but politically I align Republican. I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. And it builds, it basically contributes to like building this world that we, we can't really see clearly. Right. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of, you know, you can call it neoliberalism. You can call it like, the liberal versus left thing, whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of I think there are also like lots of people who genuinely think that just caring is fine. You know, that just that just kind of saying like, oh, yeah, like I'm I'm mad about this thing or but are otherwise kind of living lives that are still either taking or are not contributing. Like there's really so much in particular when Saturn was in Aquarius. Um, but this is still something that's, I think, very on the table is things like mutual aid, things not only about resources, but 
um, just connecting to community in general and having compassion. I don't see like a huge uptick in that. I see, you and I have talked about this before when I said that judgment was cop behavior, but I see I a lot it. of it's fucking great. judgment, you know, yeah. and the whole thing about the Aries Libra thing is that relationships are healthier when you learn how to be transparently yourself in a way that also acknowledges like reciprocity, consent, and healthy communication. Mm. And so like, I'm thinking about like the nonviolent communication, right? It's a really great practice, but there was a great zine that came out um, from the Women's Center for Creative Work about updating nonviolent communication to be more inclusive because the mm. nature of that practice can also can swing towards um, some a little bit of like tone policing, right? Like even just uh. the concept of tone policing is something that. I think would be really interesting for people who are meaning well, who want to engage and who want to continue helping um, society evolve, considering the way that you communicate and how it sort of is how you may be like tone policing or you may be expecting yeah. to receive not just receive information a certain way, but also I think there are, you know, we think about the difference between mutual aid and and like charity or expecting like recognition or something in return for helping or even just thinking, you know, when you give when you give money to someone on the street, it's just if someone asks for money, if someone had the the balls or is in, excuse me, uh, had the, the guts uh, <laughs> and yeah. – um, and also is in so much pain that they're asking for you money for money on the street. Like you either give it or you don't. But there's no yeah. like I'm special because I gave. It's like you like just it. It would be great for those of us who can in every level to try and push ourselves just a baby step closer to trying to give a little more to practice. Like that's the boundary yeah. that can be practiced. We're not practicing boundaries that become crutches for us. We're not practicing boundaries that give us excuses for not putting ourselves in uncomfortable positions, but we have to be hopefully taking action guided by like the intention of really protecting people. Like that's that Aries, that's that Aries activist energy. Like I call Aries yeah. the sacred activist. Aries doesn't get enough recognition for, um, for standing up for what they believe in and for and for protecting people but like that's what it's about for me and but likewise you know anytime that the nodes shift signs we also see you know conflict and things come up around other yeah. manifestations of those energies and you know it is ruled by mars so it will it definitely will be a type of thing where some of that some of that fighting for what we believe in could definitely get heated that will be really interesting. Like something I do, I'd like to offer to people in my neighborhood is, you know, we're coming into summer, it gets hot. I give the bodega like a hundred bucks and I say, give any, anybody who needs water, water, you know, like if anyone, awesome. yeah. a lot of unhoused people kind of hang out out there. Well, you know, mm. try to get money. And my neighborhood, we, we've seen an uptick with the, with the unhoused, but I'll carry bottles of water on me and I'll freeze them so that when I'm walking around and now I've got Gary, the, the pup. So, you know, I'm out walking a lot more and I think I can't always give money, but I can help people with like basic things like water, you know, that nothing breaks my heart more than when I see people digging through the trash and like just to get drinks and stuff. Like, yeah, I can't even imagine, you know, like 
that it just kind of puts things in perspective. So that's something I do. And it's funny you say like about recognition and things like that. There's a unhoused friend that he and Gary have a love affair that has bloomed since I adopted (laughs) him. And I don't always, I don't give him money every day because I do think you have to get kind of, you have to be kind of careful with your boundaries, with your neighborhood, you know, people. And I don't always have cash on me. So, but when I do, I tend to give him a buck or whatever. And he was eating a brioche one morning and Gary was like, I'm really interested in your brioche, sir. <laughs> and he shared it with Gary. And let me tell you, I did give him, you know, like a 10 because I was like, you have nothing and you are sharing with my dog, you know? Mm, and, yeah. and Gary at first dropped it and I was like, you better eat that brioche. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't want to be like a mean mom to you, but you better eat this like, you know, dudes, he sh- he shared with you. But it, it was like this nice moment of like, I don't want to say like sobering or something, but it like it's moving when someone who clearly doesn't have a lot gives of themselves. And it, and I walked home the, you know, like after that, and I was like, what are more ways I can give of myself? And I, you, you and I've talked about this a little bit, like in our texts and stuff about like volunteering. Like, I don't even yeah. remember the last time I had a, um, you know, I try to help out as I can and I try to be free with my time and things like that in that regard. But I don't, remember the last time I I really had like a volunteer practice you know like a formal thing in my life that I was doing regularly and stuff like that and um that's something I've been thinking about a lot more because I'm not smart enough to know what's done this if it's just been a cultural shift or it's been capitalism but it's like also as well people have gotten so hung up on like their time being monetized or like it has right. to be for purpose that we forget like people just need help sometimes i used to help tutor you know use with uh developmental disabilities and it's like i mean should they pay me i don't know i'm not a teacher like i did right. it freely and i did it you know and like a lot of these things a lot of these social programs and things like that that like mean a huge deal to the people who participate in them are relying upon labor and do need your you, they they need you to show up you know right. and i don't think that's always a bad thing and we've gotten into this point where we want everything to be black and white and like well you should be paid or da 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 and it's like i don't know it can do a lot for yourself in your life and it can let you become clear about what your values are by like giving of yourself it's very clarifying of like what can you freely give that also in the giving gives back to you that you don't need the recognition you don't need a hoopla but it's just like yeah that's where i want to direct that and and i don't think you can do it for everything i think people get really down on themselves but again if you can choose a couple things that like, or or even just one thing you really care about, it does make a difference. Like my little dumb thing with the bodega, they're like, it makes a difference. It takes the onus off us to give away free water. Cause they're like, we see it, we see the suffering, you know, like it does make a difference. Even if you're like, whatever, it's just a hundred bucks or something. Like it's a hundred bucks that wasn't in that system before. Like these things are impactful. And like, even, and then if you do something like that and you tell your friends at like dinner or whatever, you like, you don't know what wheels might turn for them. But I think people sometimes can think that, 
I've tried to pivot my thinking like from the judgment in terms of judging individuals and look at the system. But in terms of action, I've been like the individual's action is much more impactful than I think we're willing to recognize, you know, and it will take a lot of little changes and in, in people just showing up before we're like, oh, this feels better. My community feels better. People seem to have needs met or, you know, or whatever. But I do believe in that. And I don't know if I believe in it because I'm right or because I need to believe in it in order to go on. <laughs> You know, but I do, I do believe in that. Like the individual is powerful. It's just whether or not you'll recognize it within yourself. Well, and I think too, right? Like there's this quote that Marie Forleo says that I love that like saved my life whenever I heard it like 10 years ago or something. Anne Ortley was a big fan of her, but. Oh yeah. B-school. She says, yep, she's a B-school girl. But she says clarity comes from engagement, not thought, right? And yep. I loved that in the moment, really, that had more at the time to do with my, like, anxieties at that time. Like, that was definitely a time in my life where I was trying to figure out, should I be a full-time casting director? Should I leave New York? What am I doing? It was, like, 10 years ago mm -hmm. or eight years ago. But I started thinking about it a lot again, like, from 2020 on, because I just was finding that so much of the anxieties and the ruminations, and this isn't just about social justice or the, the bigger collective things that we're yeah. talking about now or that we're coming up. It was kind of also about like personal relationships. Like we also saw a lot, a lot of people struggle, a lot of like relationships that couldn't really deal through the tests of the challenges of the pandemic. And people were becoming very noticing that they were resentful or noticing they were in a relationship for the wrong reason. I saw family stuff come up. It all kind yep. of has the same thread of like needing to separate be engaged, do something that contributes positively while also examining where the unhealthy boundaries might be and and to really to move forward into like a new phase of whatever iteration that way of relating is. And what I notice with, um, you know, with social responsibility and connecting to communities, I just always say that whenever I'm in doing whether it's a volunteer work situation or even just like in conversation with people that I know are like a little more actively, whatever, actively engaged in some way, the same frustrations don't really come up. You know, we talk about the mm. urgent pressing issue that whatever like that particular group of friends or group of people are like focused on, whether it's like my harm reduction people or whatever. But it's like we're just busy. Like we're just busy helping. Like they've chosen say for my harm reduction people it's like we we give reiki at a harm reduction facility and they have lots of other stuff going on and they have a reason why they were brought there but they're busy living their life showing up for their relationships and then also giving in a way that is aligned with like their story and so yeah. there's there's not as much of a thing of being like talking about some of the sort of unnecessary political things too, right? Because it's like we want to, you have to, you want to demand transparency from your government. You want to be watching what the government is doing. We want to fight things that are oppressive that come from the government. But what the astrology of the last three years has been trying to get us to understand is that we may not be able to change things in the time that we will also get the return of like you know, safety yeah. or full rebalancing, what we can do is we can fortify each other in our communities to be safer against these like inevitable horrors, you know? Yeah. And I think that that is something that can also come up on the personal level with these nodes right now too, because, you know, 
we're talking more about the collective, but this is also stuff that's going to come up for you. Like I have just tried to be more compassionate to everyone in my life, just kind of in general, like you and I had that chat really briefly about like how hard it is to be like the women in our mom's generation and like how hard people are on moms in general. And I don't think that that's another example of something that I think people kind of take for granted sometimes to just think of like, if your mom is upsetting you, or if a family member is upsetting you, like, maybe take a moment to really think about like, what has their journey been up until this point? Like, what is influencing their behavior? And what are your expectations of them? Like, this is the Aries Libra, like the balance of relationality. It's like, do you want to commune with them to really create true harmony? Or are you trying to get something from them? Are you trying to create an idea of a relationship with this person that suits some sort of like, personal, um, you know, personal desire, personal intention? Or is this really about the two people that are relating in this moment? And can you offer more clarity and compassion from that place? Stop calling me out about my own relationship with my mom, Vanessa. Because <laughs> we were talking about moms in general. <laughs> I know. No, but it's funny because in therapy as well, when my therapist really reminded me, especially in our relationships of people we love and care about in in times of conflict or whatever, to really try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt that they're trying the best they can and that they're coming from a good place. Even if they harmed you, that like that wasn't the intent or whatever. And that shifted a lot of my relationships when I was like, anyone who's sort of in the inner circle, I'm going to like give this, you know, I'm going to give this benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to give this assumption of like, you didn't mean to be a jerk, you know, or or whatever. And it led me to having much more productive conversations, much more pr- productive, like conflict resolution, and things like that, that didn't just feel like codependency or power struggles or it got me to like shift from a place I I was in. So I'm hope that people do feel some of these things and are able to work with them differently in their life. I think it can really, a lot of like relationships that maybe you feel like it's never going to change or can feel hopeless. I think sometimes when this kind of energy comes in, you can like go through a major growth spurt that feels really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's very true. And I think that would be something especially for people with the North Node in Aries who will be having their nodal return during that time. Um, And that's something to really be keeping in mind for that particular generation, too. Mm. Or if you're having your nodal opposition, which a lot of the Saturn in Aries people are, um, you know, that it's sort of the reverse of that. But these this these themes of relationality and expectations and boundaries and what your motives are in connection are going to be especially up for you, but really up for all of us and, and up for the collective. I had um, when I had my nodal return, I'm curious what you think about this. When I had my nodal return years ago, I was like, I had had a reading and they got me like hyped for my nodal return. Nodal return comes and I was like, all right, it was fine. What didn't turn me into like Beyonce. Like, I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but it didn't, you know? And then I had another reading kind of after it. And they said, 
Well, your nodal return isn't always like fireworks and like bombastic. Yeah. They, they were like, think of it almost like a cruise ship. And it's like the cruise ship goes through and really like, and that's the nodal return. But then the wake is like what it, it sort of, um, they were like, think about how big the wake is of, of like a cruise ship. Like that's more like what a nodal return is, or that's more what it's like when the nodes change signs in terms of like, it is this big thing thing but it takes a long time for it to move and it's like it really is sort of the wake and the ripples that we start to sort of see in terms of how it plays out that it's like it's deeper but it's almost gentler like do you do you align with that it is very gentle yeah I read it as a kind of gentler more ambient and yeah like long lasting for me the way I kind of describe it is up until the nodal return, you are you are particularly whether you're conscious of it or not, you are probably you probably feel kind of um, there are probably times of both obsession and discomfort as well as like feeling kind of called towards your north node, but in a way mm. that's almost a little like clunky or awkward or just kind of you know it's it's very almost to kind of like. I don't know, I'm imagining like getting ready for a school dance and it kind of feels like good and bad or, you know, something. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a little almost like juvenile in a way or, um, mm, yeah. and there is, there is just, you know, up until that point, you're just kind of like, you don't know how to deal with that energy, but it's like something that you like really want um, or That's are called, called towards at least, or you might even just have like karmic stories around that area. Um your nodal return comes and you'll find that like situations that are relevant to it float in and out of your life, but you also in a way start almost detaching from it because you're also embracing it. There's a little bit of a surrender. You just, you're mm. you now, like you're as close as that as you're going to be. And all of the work you've done up until this point, all of your willingness to be open to that energy up until this point will kind of culminate. Some might be in ways that make perfect sense. Some might be in, in new ways that you're like, oh, like this feels good. This, you know, this is my community or this is what I'm supposed to do for my career. But exactly, mm. um, you know, like you're saying, like I'm thinking of some people I know who have the North Node in their 10th house. It's not that they're going to get like, a raise or a million dollar job or you know however whatever yeah. it's just that they might have more of a, a like a solidifying of like oh I was choosing between these two things but now I really know that this is what I want to do but now you're opening this whole new portal of like okay so depending on how prepared you are for that you either yes. have to start training for that career or you have to pursue it or you have to welcome you have to just say yes to the opportunity but now that opportunity has a whole host of other things and you're like you're just more like integrating and embodying that energy now throughout the rest of your life like my north node was in gemini and i was aware that it was coming and up until that point i've always done things with communication and voice my north node is also in the 11th house so like there's always been good things that happen through my network or through my community. But I also really struggled. I struggled with like different isolation and I had like multiple different friend groups and communities, but nothing ever totally felt right on. And then throughout my nodal return, because I was aware it was coming, I was like consciously saying yes to more things that were relevant, but it still, it wasn't until after that, that like just all of a sudden now without trying, like 
I'm on your podcast semi-regularly. I have, you know, I've been writing my Substack for three years and it has like a lot of support. And so there were things that were part of my like Gemini North node that now they, now I'm like, oh, like I do that in my sleep. And it, it, you know, it just is like, and it, and it does fill out my life and it gives me purpose and it gives me this identity that I didn't have before that culmination. But it's also like I'm not like a professional Substack writer, or I didn't like, yeah, you know, right. I didn't I didn't become famous uh, that when it happened. It just was more like, yeah, all these Gemini things that you knew you were supposed to be close to, are now showing up the way they're meant to, and now they also may be leading me towards whatever I do in a bigger in a bigger way. Yeah, I love that. I love your example. It's not always like the bright shiny prize, but it, it but it is, you know, it, it like it's things, real life. Uh, me, it's like the real yes. life prize. Like yes. you're just like, "Oh, yes. yeah, like I I can be on a podcast, but also it's like not so crazy that I like needed to stress out or prep or yes. build a studio in my house or anything." Right. You know, and that's the type yes. of that's the way people will get with their north node. It's like, they'll be like, oh, my North Node is, my North Node is an Aries, so I better, like, go for it, man. But, like, they're not the type even to really, like, go crazy or to be super independent or, like, fight. For, they don't know what yeah. they're fighting for. They're not, they're not sure. They're, like, called to that energy, but they don't know how to do it. And yeah. during their nodal return, they'll, they'll find, they'll find that sense or they'll find that partner who lets them be their full self within the partnership, which is a huge part of the the North Node in, in Aries is people who are kind of meant to accept themselves more in partnership. So they'll kind of find, like, they'll just find someone who lets them. It won't be about them being like, you better deal with me no matter what I say or what I do. Like, that's a very, Aries North Node often, once they kind of become aware of it, they might find themselves in relational situations where they're like, this is my non-negotiable, these are my beliefs, and if you're not with it, get out. But now it's more you might find like a partnership or a situation where it's like, no, yeah, that's cool that that's what you're about. We weren't saying you couldn't be that way. You can be yeah. that way. Like, just be that. Yeah. And you're like, that's, okay, I guess I didn't need to fight it, <laughs> fight you. My God, it'll, it'll be curious. That's really funny. It'll be curious to see how, you know, reality TV shows change in this time. Yeah, Because <laughs> it totally. feels like a lot of the tension of them is like, you need to accept this about me. And someone's like, okay, you know, like, right. I'm, like I'm a stranger, remember? I don't know whatever your story is about this. Um, right. It's like kind of funny when someone is like all keyed up, like exactly like you're saying, and someone's like, okay, I kind of like that. And they're like, Okay. They like don't know what to do. Like yeah. they're just so used to the rejection or the fight. You know, that's really funny. Before I'm going to make you do some self-promotion because Vanessa's created a new offering that I am so excited about. As soon as I got her email, I bought one for myself. So I'm, I also just don't, I, I, I tell Vanessa probably once a month that I don't think she promotes herself enough, which is like always, you know, like, and people say it to me about my own work as well. And I, it's always like the most annoying note to get from anyone. You're like, I know, but it's the worst. Do you have anything you want to say about the notes before I make you tell us all about this new offering you have? You know, not right now. I think we, we give the audience so many directions to run <laughs> with things. And the only thing I ever want to say is don't get overwhelmed. Also, mm -hmm. check out a lot of other astrologers. I I famously do sometimes maybe not get fully doom or gloom, but I I talk a lot about the greater social impacts of things. And sometimes I something I'm working on is like hyper focusing on like the world is so messed up and everyone is suffering. But also like the point of this summer really is also to reconnect again with 
with like joy and identity, like Venus and Leo and a Mars ruled North Node in Aries. This is also about us celebrating each other. It's like we're in Pride Month right now. Like Yay. that couldn't be a better time for Venus and Leo and eventually getting ready in July for the North Node to enter Aries. It's like, let's be, we're, we need to be being ourselves, loving ourselves, connecting to each other, creating spaces, safe spaces so that everybody can be who they are and really like get and live their best life. And yeah. that I want people to take that away from this, you know, that's a that's a really good thing to think about. Like, what is a way you could celebrate yourself and what is a way you could celebrate somebody else in your life? You know, because I don't think it's a word yes. we think about that often. Like celebrate is a very specific word. And I think that is worth people thinking about how do you celebrate yourself? I think a lot of people deny that celebration of the self. And how could you celebrate someone in your life? One more question, though, about the nodes. When do they actually switch? When does That'll that happen? I don't know if we touched on that. July 17th. So we okay. also, I guess one last little note too for, for the heads, for the deep dive <laughs> astrology fam. Um, you know, we <laughs> we still have, you know, we are at the end of that journey of the nodes being in Taurus and Scorpio. Mm. So I know what I'm feeling and what I really interpret it as is like, I think we're done with our Scorpio work. We can put that to bed. If you still feel like there's some heaviness, some shame, some trauma stuff, like give yourself permission to let go. It, it was a hard nodal journey. I think these two, these yeah. eclipses were intense. It was really a lot about addressing like how shame keeps you from living your life in this moment, in this present moment. Like that's that Scorpio Taurus stuff. So we're all coming out of this having had to face some really challenging stuff around that. Um, but for the lot, we have Jupiter and Taurus only just starting and that'll be for the next year. So now it's really about rebuilding in a, in a really like yummy, abundant way that Taurus energy. So, you know, you I might even want to do one final goodbye ritual to the Scorpionic stuff. That's what I'm I done was, with that. But yeah. yeah, I was just thinking I was like, ooh, I know what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be staying out at my mom's place recovering from surgery. And if you think I'm not going to take my very pragmatic Aquarian mom to, to the ocean to be like, we're going to do a ceremony to release our shame. You thought wrong because I'm going to make her do it. She's going to yes. hate it and it'll be wonderful. And then she'll be like, that was nice. It, she'll she'll <laughs> fight it and then she'll be like wow I feel better I, I know how this will go so tell everybody the new offering you have it's, yeah. ve it's, it's very appropriate for this episode I'm not just like going out of my way to like make Vanessa uncomfortable for sport it just ties in so well to this episode that I'm like you have to tell the people about it yeah thank you yeah so there, there are actually two offerings, but they're kind of bundled together um, or can you can do them separately. But the one that Anna's talking about, that's my Summer of Venus PDF reading. So you can book them, give me your chart info, and I'm giving you a full rundown of all of your Venus aspects and interpretation of your relationship to your natal Venus. And then we'll also talk about how the Venus retrograde is going to affect you or Venus and Leo in general. And then I'll also um, give altar suggestions and they're all personally tailored to the way that you can further connect to this period of time. So you get those readings and then anyone who books the Summer of Venus reading also gets um, 
for free my mini workshop. So there are three meditations and some journal prompts that are really about embodiment of Venus. So these three meditations that you'll get, this will be separate, we'll, we can link them. That is a meditation that I use. If anyone has ever done a full session with me, I do a particular grounding cord meditation that's for opening up intuition and connecting to guides. So that is to kind of prepare you for like on a daily basis. Um, to just get you ready for spiritual work in general. Then there is a Venus star point meditation, um, which is a version of one that I did in October, but it's cleaned up. I worked with my friend Elliot Lip on this for all the music. And then there's a third meditation for heart healing. So there will be a Venus embodied, which will be really nice to do on the beach to really tap into like the beauty and the, the nourishment and the juiciness of Venus. And then in preparation for challenging time so be a little calming meditation to ground back down so love it two ways your, of working yeah and I attended your Venus star point I'm pretty sure meditation yes, and there. loved it so I really like someone left some comment or something on the Instagram it was like you know can like can you do an episode on like consumerism now that you're a full-time influencer and I was like who are you talking about and I just like anything I like do talk a lot about like it's because I I really like it. <laughs> it really, it's never um, it's like never about like I don't like I don't really have um, I like to share. I guess you're not like pushing products and or yeah. or like yeah, yeah. It's not a it's not a strategic business move. It's but not, you you just get yeah. so excited about stuff. You actually inspire me to do more things like all the time. <laughs> like when we went to Samantha Irby, I was like, I think I haven't been out in public all year yeah. well like, that was also great like she was, was incredible so I felt fun. inspired by her as well but yeah it's true I have um there is a part of me that has a very strong streak of like golden retriever energy that is just very enthusiastic and it's excited about stuff but as it comes to anything though that is like spiritual or esoteric or any of these things I think people can feel really daunted by sources or trusted people or whatever so I like to be really loud and proud about the people I support or the people that I've had really positive experiences with, you know, to at least do my own work to cut through the chatter. So part of why I go so hard for finesse is like, I'm not only a podcaster, like yeah. I'm a client. I'm you know? a like, member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, that it's like, um, it's not like Vanessa was like, hey, I have this new thing. Can you have me on the pod? Oh, no, no, no. It does happen to work out. And I was like so excited. Like, oh, good. You can talk about it yeah I'm excited too also it's like I really want like just somewhere where I'm at with what I want for the world is I think that you know despite feeling you know despite our past you know what we were talking about a little bit ago about mm -hmm. like a little bit of inaction socially I also think that so many people have become like awakened to really wanting to like work together to create a better world and I think that we have we have not found new resources for self-love yeah. that can that can match that desire yes. right and so oh. this is where there's a little bit of like an emergency burnout mode like if you don't refill your cup and if you don't really find ways to honor the genuine need for pleasure and joy in this like venusian experience you can't sustain the work and you yep. just ultimately really well you you'll become a husk of a human and i want to kind of i know that 
I know when I created this stuff, I knew what I wanted to do and say and kind of call in more people and also call in people who are maybe because whether it's trauma or because of, you know, programming are averse to Venus and pleasure and the body in a way that's safe. So I kept all of these things in mind. And um, I think summer is a really good time. I think that sometimes in like with the summertime sadness, right? It's like, unless you are really in the mood to have a hot girl summer, like you could actually (laughs) go the other direction and feel kind of like sad. And I wanted to give people support of like, okay, like maybe I'm not feeling like my ultimate best self today, but I can go to the beach or lay at the park and listen to this meditation and imbue my body with the qualities of Venus and be tender, at least for today. Yeah. The biggest thing about Venus and the biggest thing that I feel like, um, I feel like in lots of my personal conversations with you and something you touched on today that I think is really important for people to take away is like, it's okay to receive. If you're having a sad girl summer versus a hot girl summer, that's fine. But like to Vanessa's point, letting yourself just receive a meditation. You don't have to finish the meditation and feel better and be like, yes, hot girl summer's here. But like, just let yourself receive it. You know, like I think sometimes that there is more power in that than we realize. Um, So I'm so glad you were able to join me today and share all this. Yeah, thank you so much as usual. You always, you always make great points and ask the right questions and help me because I'm always like flying around in the stars like, what? I don't... I appreciate that. I feel like I'm an agent of chaos that just keeps derailing you. Like you, you have this um, great like presentation and I'm like, so what about, you know, so (laughs) somehow it all works out. And even though Gary joined me at the end of our record, I was like, (laughs) he was going to like bark or something, but no, he's been an angel pup. We we've, we've talked about all the planets we need to today. And um, you'll be back for Q4 in 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 a few months yep q4 so have a good summer everyone and don't forget to show us your venus days yes uh, yes show us show us your venus days i hope it becomes a thing that would honestly few things would make me happier to be honest so yeah tag us obviously vanessa's info will be in the show notes and She'll be tagged on the How to Be Human social media as well if you don't know where Vanessa is to tell her about your Venus days. Thanks. That's all for today. Thanks, everybody. Bye. That's all for today. If you're interested in submitting a topic, please go to anatonk.com and hit the contact button. Or you can email me at anatonk at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help.